You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. Journeying within can be a powerful way to begin or continue to heal and grow. If you'd like to explore opportunities to do this with hypnosis, please email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com to arrange a free consultation. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today, I have Angela Benk joining me. Angela and I connected quite a long time ago when this used to be a radio show. So it's going to be a great chance for us to catch up officially and share our discussion, our catch-up discussion with all of you. Angela is a New Earth leader, a medicine woman, and Ho'oponopono teacher. Hi, Angela. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me, Rebecca. It's been a long time since we've been able to connect. Yeah, I'm so glad we're going to get a chance to do that now during this time when we really need to remember all of the stuff that we've learned and put it into action. Mm, I love that. Yes. So we just had a little chat before we started to record about what a an opportunity for growth this time really is, even though it can be so challenging, but as we know with medicine work and all the work that we've done with various tools that when we're being provoked like this, it does mean that there's really big opportunities in the offing. Yeah, I definitely feel like we're all being, um, I call it invitations. Yes. um, That we're being offered epic invitations right now in the collective to really um, search within and get connected with um, whatever it is that you would call creator or the divine, um, you know, whether that's through different plant medicines or like you said, the different tools that are really, you know, at our disposal now more than ever Mm -hmm. um, at rapid rates for us to to do that check-in and really get solid with ourselves on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, um, I I love that word invitation. Um, I usually say opportunity because, you know, it's like opportunity knocking and sometimes it knocks loudly, (laughs) but um, it is an opportunity nonetheless and an invitation to do this work. These provocations are usually, you know, designed to, uh, to let us know where that work needs to be done. And it's okay to own all of those emotions that erupt inside of us that it's provoking because <laughs> that's where the magic is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're, there's no, no one that during these times, no one that's going to be immune to being triggered. You know, yes. that, that, the outer is definitely amplified. I feel like for good reason, you know, there's a lot of people in the spiritual community that's like, you know, life is for me, but at the same time, they're not necessarily embodied in that belief. And so they, they hold the contrary belief that life is against me as well, right? Because it's uh, two sides of the same coin. And so then they're vibrating with both of those because they haven't really been integrated and assimilated or alchemized within the self or the body in the here and now on planet earth. And that's a really big part of the, to me, the invitation or the healing that's being invited for each and every person right now is to really anchor it in their being, in their body, in the here and now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had so many teachings leading up to this. And now that we're presented with challenges in many ways and different ones for different people, which is great because we're all very unique. But one thing that has come up for me, there's so many things. I mean, this is a very fruitful opportunity for for learning. And uh, one of the things that has come up 
and people, you know, we're, we're all responding to in different ways is the idea of so much information at our disposal, given what we have now access to, you know, online information from all these different places. And I remember when I was first back from from my very first retreat and and I was taking in all of this information that was given to me through this connection that I, that I have and then now applying it in this particular way it just emphasizes that importance of delving within to really get a sense of what is right for us because there's so much information out there and, and conflicting information, like <laughs> tons of it, right? You'll find this really impressive, you know, even a subject as, you know, as innocuous as, I don't know, soy is a good for bad or bad. And like, I remember going into this years ago and there was like really impressive information on one side, really impressive information on the other. And so what do you do in those situations? And for me, it's just like, I have to connect with something inside that tells me what's right for me, you know, instead of mm-hmm. all these impressive sales pitches on either side, right? I got to make the decision for me. And that, that applies to everything, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to tap into the inner source within and having that guidance system that you can trust, that you can anchor into, that you can rely on. Um, I definitely feel like more people need that connection now more than ever. Yeah. And, and I think it's, you know, kind of helping us to come to that place, you know, like this information overload is, is actually an opportunity for us to realize that, you know, what we end up discovering that's good for us is not always entirely due to this expert's opinion it has to do with something inside of us that actually resonates with that or not i mean how could we know the truth then right um (laughs) it does come down to this idea of we do have the capacity to know our own truth and the only way that we can do that is to connect within because if we're constantly relying so entirely on what's outside of us then, you know, there's that major disconnection and that's, that's never going to be a healthy thing. Absolutely. So even though it can be very confusing at times, I think that again, these things are that invitation. It's like, okay, so how do you break that tie of information, you know, seemingly convincing on both sides? It's like, that's the opportunity to, to go within and say, okay, what's good for me? Like, what do I really feel about all of this? you know, and then start to honor that, start to discover where that's coming from. And, and yeah, you know, there's really cool, yeah. simple exercise that, that people can do just like by listening to this call, uh, uh, you know, having a full body. Yes. And you can just bring it down, break it down to something simple as like what you like to eat that feels really nourishing and loving. And that makes your body like relaxed and open and vibrant and vital or like an activity that you love to do, you know, whether it's going for a hike or going to the beach, you know, that feels really loving and nourishing and you get a full body. Yes. So those can be our markers, right? When we start to really um, anchor in and listen to the internal guidance system is like, okay, well, let me tap into what's my full body. Yes. And then just get better at like, paying attention to if I did this is that a full body yes and then you might feel like your body start to restrict and no and when you can tap into okay what's my full body no and what's my full body yes you're gonna have you're gonna be really tapped in and plugged in and online to that 
guidance system that we each are created to have that's unique for us, right? Because my full body yes isn't going to be what your full body yes is. And mm-hmm. and my no's aren't going to be what your no's are because your path is is unique to what you need to grow into, what you're here to learn, how you're here to express the only way that you can express, which is a big part of you just sharing your voice on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, another way to do that is, for me, it's been presented as as home. You know, what feels like home? And what I mean by that is something, you know, as you say, comforting, nourishing, uh, makes you feel very comfortable, very relaxed, and, you know, taken care of and really natural and, and feels natural, feels right for you, feels like the right thing for you and makes you feel that comfortable. And returning to that place, just like you were talking about, you know, in your mind and knowing that is the baseline, then from there, it is easy to see what resonates with that and what does not. It does. And it's really, I feel like we're in times where we're being um, subjected to a lot of fear, fear based, Mm -hmm. you know, thoughts and feelings and conditioning that's triggering fear that's running on the undercurrents within ourselves. And so it's Mm -hmm. really important, like a lot of times to distinguish or discern the difference. Um, I often ask myself, if I wasn't afraid, what would I do? And then that can help redirect me back to my full body. Yes. Because if we are operating even subconsciously from a lot of fear-based conditioning, which we all have, and that's what we're all actually being asked to purge, I believe at this time. So it stops showing up outside of us is that it's loving it. Right. And if we're loving it, we're continuing to reorientate ourselves back to doing what we desire our joys following that um, really high inspiration which can be challenging when we're faced with massive transformations and changes that are happening outside of us and we live in a unique time to really anchor and shift into that place so it's to me it's exciting like I get excited about these times that's why I call myself a new earth leader I feel like I'm going through it as much as everyone else. I don't feel like anyone is immune to spiraling within deeply into the parts of our subconscious that has held us back from our full power, from our full embodied expression right here, right now. So I often say like I'm a new or new earth leader because I'm living it like I'm really feet on the ground walking the way that I choose to live um, every day no matter what's in front of me or, you know, what somebody else would think that my life needs to be because I've been doing this for many years and holding the space for myself and others to remind them of who they are and how to come back home to that. And that's really, really important right now. Yeah. And, you know, doing this, you know, living your own truth, it's a process at times, right? Yeah. So, it's not you like know, you just one day arrive. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, there'll be times when you feel like that and it's great, you know, and, you're sure. it, and then something comes up that invites you or provides an opportunity for you to reaffirm, you know, that, that you will walk your own path and live the life that, that you decide to live. And those are all part of um, our journey, all part of, you know, this school of life. And 
um, as you say, with fear, it, it shuts you down, you know, and then you don't trust yourself anymore. Then, you know, your power goes out and, and all kinds of wacky things can happen. And it can be also part of <laughs> this crazy life tour. Um, to give yourself an opportunity to reel it all back, understand why it happened. And there are reasons, you know, deep in our past. This is an exciting time because <laughs> when these things uh, go like this, it means that, you know, we are changing. And um, it's funny, I liken it to the, the Herxheimer reaction when we do detoxes, right? There's parts mm. of our body, go, wow, yeah. do that, I'm not ready. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like okay yeah, well it's a lot of people anyway. in, the, in the little cells in your body that are going kicking and screaming but they're like this is so good for me I'm gonna feel amazing after I go through this detox and purge exactly yeah, yeah. and there's still those old beliefs inside no it can't be mm -hmm. like this because it you know blah, blah, blah. and then mm -hmm. it's like okay well we'll work through it painful as it is, you know, this is a sign that things are happening. So for any of those of you that don't know what the Herxheimer reaction is, when you detox and you've got, you know, toxins in your body that flare up and give you such a hard time before you finally get rid of them, you know, there's this reaction and they're hanging on there, right? So mm -hmm. I see this time as being you know, that kind of thing where, you know, we're, we're ready for a change and we're starting to move into that. And then there's all of this reaction and, and, and fear and all of that stuff. It's pretty natural when, when such a big shift is in the offing, right? Because mm -hmm. we're Absolutely. very, very differently than before. So, and, and I've been in that state where I've been taken through so many changes in my life where there are times where I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I can't use my old tools. They're gone. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> we're being asked to upgrade yes. on so much different levels. I mean, like as far as, as, far as like I've been a healer, like actively like holding space for people probably a good 20 years. And it's like, I really also have to be in a place where I can get vulnerable and be open and receive for people to hold space for me. And I, and I see that a lot with, um, many uh medicine people and healers that they're not taking the medicine that they're here to offer that's a really important lesson for all of us to remember that we need to take the medicine that we're here to give as the gift mm -hmm. that we are and that's actually to me now more than ever people are really being asked to sit down and sit and be present with themselves for that reason um, because then we're actually just doing a disservice in our service by not being really the truly living embodied examples. I, I feel like many, many years ago, it was okay for the messenger and the message to be, they weren't normally connected. Many, many spiritual teachers really didn't live what they taught. Um, if you got to know them behind the scenes, you know, their lives were like a hot mess, but they definitely channeled spirit in such miraculous ways. And I feel like we're moving into a new energy and era where that's actually being really asked to live what we're speaking and teaching and walking now more than ever. And that I actually see people if they don't and if they aren't doing that, that they're faced with many, many um, health challenges because we can't hold that vibration anymore. Like that's not in um, right relationship 
with mm-hmm. what's being asked to be anchored on the earth at this time. Sure. I mean, and I think it's going to be different for everybody again, right? That that life that is true to that person may look something completely different than what mine is to me and yours is to you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I remember years ago uh, coming across somebody who I knew was going into this this space of um, you know integration work with the medicine and all the rest of it, and. <laughs> it was obvious I had my own ideas about, wow, you know, that's a very different way of, of going about all of this, right? And then immediately I got a message back saying, yes, and there are people that are going to really benefit from, from that person who are right where they need to be to have that kind of, of work done. And so, and I can't always know what's right for them, but they'll be drawn to this person because they need something there, whatever it is, right? Yeah. But Which yes, I, yeah, it is. It's, it's, there's an ecosystem to it, right? So that's, and, and that's another lesson. It's like we can't impose our ideas of what is right for that person on them because we don't really know. And I know that, you know, this person had experienced things that, you know, the people who are, are drawn to him will have and, and it'll all, you know, unfold the way that it needs to in that beautiful, natural, crazy, messy way that, that has nothing to do with me, <laughs> you know? All I can right. do is focus on, on me and my work. And and I realized that that was it, you know? Like for a long time, I resisted doing this integration work because it's like, oh my God, I just have so much work to do. And then eventually it just kind of occurred to me that, yeah, that's that's never going to stop and that's good. And that's all I need to do is just keep doing that. <laughs> You know, yeah. it doesn't mean that I'm always going to be, you know, happy and, and, and all of that. There are going to be challenges and I'm going to go through that difficulty. And that's beautiful and great and honest and true. And it's all part of it. I love what you said, too, about like, you know, resisting integration work because I still see a lot of that. Right. There's many people in um, just the plant communities that really don't understand the depth and value of integration or, you know, they're, they're, again, they're the ones helping people hold space for integrating and they're not taking the time to integrate themselves. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't resisting doing my own integration. I was so full into it that being asked to help others felt like, I just kept feeling like, no, I got to do more work on myself. You know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't resisting my own integration work. That's where I lived ever since I started this. It was like, this is my thing. (laughs) This has been my thing since I was a a child, you know, when I started to learn all this lovely, you know, stuff about, about the goodness in life, about the value of, of, you know, coming from that authentic, you know, loving place and saying, okay, why are we hearing about that in church, but nobody's actually doing it? (laughs) You know, (laughs) why are we hearing these words that sound really nice and then mixed in with all of these really all this, all this really harsh, awful stuff. Like, why are we actually doing that? Why are we focusing on learning more about doing that? You know, and then it was philosophy for me. And then it was learning about that. It's like, why are people treating this like poetry to be admired and walked away from instead of to actually live this way? Like, if these are such great, inspiring ideas, why are we doing it? You know, that's what I've always been about. It's just when the medicine started to suggest that this is the work that I will help other people do, I just... I shied away and I think you had this experience too. I think we talked about this last time where it's like, 
you feel like you have to be this perfect, you know, never go into crisis, never, you know, have any more work to do person before you can help others. This is simply not true. Right. You know? right. We'll always be continuing this work. And that's good. And and it has helped. Of course it has. And it always brings me to a better place. And if there are more challenges to come, then that's what I set up for myself. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to to be able to remind other people, right? I'm human. I'm not perfect. I'm doing my own work. Yeah. And it is perfect, actually. <laughs> you know, all of it is. And, and it's hard to remember that. I, it's reminding me of an uh, ayahuasca experience where there, I had come through such a difficult time in my life, like so many people when we come to the medicine. And ayahuasca took me back and... You know, I think there was an understanding that I wouldn't quite be able to, you know, perfectly embrace this, but she said, it's all so beautiful, you know, and she meant all the pain, all the everything, (laughs) you know, all of it is beautiful. And so there are many times that I've gone back to that in my mind going, okay, help me find that beauty again, Mm. you know, and it's, it may not be possible, but I think that what it comes down to for me is this time that has been challenging in so many ways for so many different people in so many different ways. When we allow the fear to take over, we cheat ourselves out of feeling that love that is home, that baseline that we all need to return to in whatever fashion is appropriate for us to be well, you know, to feel that joy, to feel that love. And when we invest in those things that are taking us away from that, you know, we're, we're harming ourselves and others. Hmm. Yes. Here, here to following one's joy. We need yes. more of that now more than ever. Absolutely. I'm sure that, um, you know, that I, I mentioned recently that on Facebook that I'm unschooling my son and I'm not doing it. I'm just like saying, okay, let's unschool. And he's just following his path. We're making sure that he, he gets some basic stuff, but really, you know, he's free to, to pursue you know, what he wants, what, what inspires him. And there's much of it that's so joyful. And it occurred to me that joy seemed in the educational realm to be a frivolous thing when I was a kid, you know, like mm-hmm. too much frivolity, you know, was, was frowned upon. And, and there's a time and space for that. And then everything else has got to be this serious stuff. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, this this breaks, the busts all out apart and says, you know, whatever makes you happy and interested and engaged and inspired, you go for. And this is, of course, what the medicines are teaching us and all of this mm-hmm. stuff, right? That's how, to me, from when I studied a little bit of um, human development, that's actually how children learn as they learn to play. So it's like, um... And because we all have inner children that live within us, we still are growing and learning from those places and spaces that didn't really get to expand in that play and that creativity and that joy, because we really Mm -hmm. can still um, dive into deeper learning within from that place. Yeah, it casts a different sort of light on on learning and and what that experience is like even for us with you know the whole personal development um i remember at the beginning when i was learning so many things and so fast too like just because this voice constantly helping me to see these things that i needed to change and 
I, I felt such a heaviness. And this was the old Catholic thing. You've got to feel guilt if you learn there's something wrong and you need to change it, you know? And I had to lighten that up quickly or else it would have been just, you know, a disaster trying to, to learn well while being so hard on myself. And these are things that, you know, really help that relationship with yourself and then expands outwards. So this is yet another one of those things where what's going on inside, you know, it will be reflected out outwards. And when you are able to approach that with open curiosity and joy, and it's like, oh my God, have I been doing that? Okay, that's silly, let's stop. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so much better and it flows so much better. And even the medicine uses humor sometimes, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've had a really, really beautiful relationship with, um, and I've worked with um, ayahuasca and bufo and aboga and psilocybin and many of them. And, and definitely the humor comes through like on, like you can hit the deep, dark stuff, but like once I've moved through some of the heaviness, that humor is just sprinkled all through there. And like, I'll spend probably a good hour just deep rolling laughing, right? To remind yes. us that it's not that serious, even though it can feel serious at times and it can feel heavy at times. And we definitely need to honor those spaces in us that are asking to be held and nurtured from that place. But that to bring that lightness there as well is, is such beautiful medicine. Yeah, we are the medicine. And, you know, they, they know what makes us laugh because they're tapped into that deep part of ourselves that we sometimes forget. And this is, again, always all roads lead back within, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is a time we need laughter more than ever. Um, we were talking about this earlier where um, when fear rules supreme, we see all kinds of this reaction and behavior come up that, you know, is, is not very impressive. <laughs> All the judgment and the ridicule and the shaming. And we give a lot of power to that if we choose to. And I've said often that kids teach us, and this is one of the ways in which, I mean, how that rolls out for me, is we look at what we want to teach kids. We teach them not to be judgmental, not to be <laughs> ridiculing or shaming and bullying and all of that. And we can't do that if we are giving them prime examples of that every day in our own behavior and what we engage mm -hmm. in. Yeah, they, they see more of what we do and less of what we say. Yeah. Because exactly. if, yeah, if, if our words aren't matching our action and vibration, they kind of are going to go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> yeah. Like you say that, but like you're not doing the same thing and yeah. Not only that, they'll mirror it back to us in the worst possible ways. Oh my God. I love that. Well, my son is at the age now he's 17 and um, when he, he verbally will give me back my own medicine. Like, didn't you just say this and you're not doing this? And I was like, touche, like you are so right. <laughs> so it's a really a beautiful like check mark, like. Yep, make sure you're you're doing what you're telling me to do. You know, he's at the age where it's like we can have that like fun banter, so it's not so serious, but of like a good reflection, right? I need to make sure that I am doing what I'm saying to tell you to do too. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> they're so perfect in that way. It comes right back to you and it's so quick. And <laughs> it's like 
<laughs> it's so obvious and funny. And they either call you on it or else they'll start to sound like you have sounded in the past mm -hmm. and you go, oh my God, okay, let's deal with this. <laughs> yeah. We're all taking all of this in. You know, there are times when it looks like they may not be picking up on it, but they do. I mean, and, and in ways that we have not fully acknowledged yet. So this is another big change that's underway that, that we're really having to come to terms with is that all this surface stuff that we've been focusing on so completely is not nearly our, our real important experience. All of that lies within, all of that goes much, much deeper. It, so this, this telepathic and this other energetic expression and interaction that we have with one another is a very real thing. And it's happening all the time. And sure, it's been done. There have been, you know, experiments. I participated in one and it's been proven and all of that. And that's impressive for the people who really need the, the studies and the charts and all those things. But it's the everyday reality of it that we're starting to come to terms with and, and really start to understand how that's impacted us in the past and how we can use that as a superpower. Because we talk about this external experience reflecting the internal. And there's that deeper knowing that way that we connect that is, is immediate without words, you know, <laughs> and it's very real. And once we get a handle on that, that's when we return to those lovely spaces uh, that you were talking about, like uh, doing the things that make you feel good. And with me talking about, you know, returning to that, that place of home and seeing the power that has when you, that reverberates outward. Mm, yeah, it's infectious. I definitely mm -hmm. have recently made a, a move out West just because I was following my soul's longing that had been actually calling me out here for many years. Um, but it was just like, to me, things are in divine alignment and divine timing and just being out here. So many people have messaged me from my pictures and my posts. And they're like, you're there. They just can see me beaming like in my joy and in my light and how happy I am and how connected I feel to the land and the people out here and, and how soul nourishing it's really, it's like, I feel like I'm in my time to shine because I'm, I'm just, ex and I feel like we're always exactly where we need to be, but I'm just in a place where it's like, I really get to bask in the, the vibration. I've worked many, many years, really hard to be in this place within myself and how it's really exemplifying in my life, in the clients I work with, in, in just my everyday with the people that I meet, they they all feel this sense of home with me because I've anchored mm -hmm. into that within myself on such a deep level that it's um, really making for miraculous experiences in my life currently. So I love that you're saying that. Yeah. And I mean, you probably sent that out ages ago and then, you know, in divine timing, it unfolds and I'm always invited to do by this wise voice that has carried me through such interesting times. And what I invite everybody else to do is to keep focusing on those things that, that we do want, those things that, um, that make us feel, uh, that even support more and more that sense of home, that sense of feeling so good, the things that we would love to surround ourselves with. And we move towards that when we keep focusing on that. It's like a communication with the universe and with 
our surroundings and with everything that's that's alive, which is everything. And it's it's stating where you intend to be instead of continually reacting to the things that you don't. I got such a clear teaching about that a while back where this voice kicked in saying, you're praying to all the wrong gods. Because <laughs> oh, I was praying wow. about things and, you know, I, I, was, I was going through that old, you know, archaic, uh, because this is when like COVID first kicked in and that the re- react response was like, okay, so how am I going to, you know, go about this and, and solve this problem? And then this problem was this, this older way of dealing with it was going back to old tools and then this voice kicked in and it's like oh right (laughs) and I had to start to go okay so how am I going to do this differently now (laughs) right right and yeah I mean one of those things is well many of those things were you know things that are unfolding now when I started to pray to the right gods and it wasn't about praying and and all that sort of traditional stuff it was just aligning myself with figures or what have you, these mechanisms to, to align with that, to align with the feelings of the things that I wanted to happen rather than aligning with all of the things I did not. (laughs) And it's important to mention, right? Like this can also come across some, for some people as bypassing, right? Like we're not, we're, we're ignoring what's, you know, and I don't feel like we are, but I feel like it's it's worth a part of the conversation. When we are reorienting our compass and moving towards what's filling us with joy and happiness that we're actually not dismissing the invitations to explore the triggers that are being um, invited to us in the in our here and now, but that we're we're moving into them to clear them, but continuing to come from a place of like, like you said, really where am I putting my energy and focus on and and I had a client actually recently talk about this so I love that this is brought up in this way that she was like you know where you put your energy and focus on your energy grows and so she was concerned actually to do wound work and I Uh, love this conversation because a lot of the spiritual community doesn't want to do deeper wound work because of a lot of those fears of like, oh, well, if we're focusing on it, we're just making it bigger, right? And then the problem gets bigger and then it's overwhelming and and I can't like function or do my regular life. And when we create safety in our inner world and we start to create it in our outer worlds, then, then we're asked to expand deeper into our level of love, embodiment, and that those deeper levels will want us to be brought to those core wounds. Mm-hmm. especially now more than ever and what we're not expanding the core wound or making it grow or getting it bigger we're expanding our capacity to hold love remember yeah. that our mm-hmm. life just keeps getting better and better and better even if we're moving through tough stuff yeah for me just to take that example it was almost like it, i mean intention is everything right so the intention there was to say okay that is is my intention instead of uh focusing on the problems and when I say problems I don't mean wounds or anything like that I meant like you know practical everyday issues it's just that the way that I was allowing them to kind of present themselves in my mind was not not healthy or productive Mm. Um, and I was invited to do to go about it this other way by saying okay there's my goal instead my goal is that and then achieving those things does involve delving into areas that I'm standing in my own way yeah and how i'm doing that and why i'm doing that and and getting to the root of the matter 
and healing that, of course. Of course, that is the case. I think that there is a simplistic idea about these things at times. And each individual will know when they're ready to do that work, right? And I think there's value in in certainly allowing ourselves to create an inner atmosphere that is one of positivity, one of love, full of those intentions that are good for us and where we want to go. And yeah, I mean, I think inevitably, if there are things that we need to deal with, there are, they're going to present themselves to us when we're ready to deal with them one way or another, whether it's a person in your life or an event like this or, or what have you. And, and this is what we're all going through together now. Yeah. And then, you know, when we don't take the invitation, it just keeps circling back around. And that's okay too. Like yeah. that boomerang effect. I get that that that's another tool. It's like not today. <laughs> you know, next week. Can't even tell you how many times I've told ayahuasca like she'll be like, Hey, let's let's go and do some work over here. I'm like, um, yeah, I'm not ready for that. And she'd be like, Okay, that's okay. I'd be like, Can we work on that another time? And then another time comes and she's like are you ready now? And I'm like, I did say another time. Okay. To me, that's like the part that comes from being committed to myself and my journey of like, yes, I can go slow. Yes, it can be gentle and graceful. But like, if we're going to be like, I'm not ready for that. And it comes back around. And we said, yeah, I wasn't ready. It's coming back around because there is a part of us that is ready. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, I wasn't maybe ready for it before. It it presented the opportunity, right, the invitation, and I wasn't quite fully ready. And I feel like each time it comes around, there is enough of us that is ready. But, like, we get the conscious choice of free will with all medicine on whether we're going to go there or not. And the gift, I feel like, of us actually being committed to ourselves and to the divine and to our inner world and how that shows up outside is that when we actually really move in, we get to be more of ourselves than we were prior to that experience. And that's just everything. So, yeah, this is beautiful. This is this is what's happening now. This Herxheimer thing. <laughs> it's a great I mean, detox. <laughs> it's, it's the giant boomerang, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you can see it, right? Many people in this world for quite some time now, and the numbers are just building and building exponentially, are moving into the mindful movement in one way or another, right? There's medicines, there's meditation, there's, it's coming into our language, um, it's coming into the mainstream, talking about energy and all this, or has been, until it got, you know, sidetracked, but this, it's still underway. This is the, this is what we are doing to heal now. We're not relying entirely on other things that are masking problems, we're starting to say, okay, where did they initiate? What's this deeper stuff? Let's solve that. And agreeing that we do want a more peaceful, loving society. And you know, that's the intention, like the one that I made that day when I was presented with those, starting to pray to the right gods. <laughs> Example, right? We are starting to move in that direction saying, yeah, you know what? We're agreeing that it is possible to be in a loving, uh, mindful, respectful society 
and that's full of honoring our unique, lovely selves and, and moving in the direction of inspiration and all of those things. We're agreeing that that's possible now and we're moving towards it. And yeah, there's going to be the Eximer reaction and we're seeing that big time. But, you know, this is what's going to help us get through is these tools that we've we've started to move towards. It's going to move us through that with any detox. It's like that. You have to find ways to move through that awful period <laughs> of the backlash, right? Yeah. And I love what you said before, like um, what I've been hearing a lot over the last year for people that are talking about their tools is like, um, we're being asked to upgrade our toolbox, right? And so using different modalities and tools and working with new people and like really exploring new territory to navigate this is also what's been coming up a lot um, just for myself because that helps us expand more into our greatness as well. Yeah, absolutely. For me, the greatest tool is is making those inner discoveries and inner allies. Because I mean, I was really encouraged to tell my story. And when I did, everybody naturally came to me saying, well, how do I do that? You know, <laughs> how do I connect with that ally that's gonna teach me? And it's like, and then I had to discover a way to help people do that. And this is a way of learning that's so different because I don't know what that inner ally is gonna teach them about themselves, only they will you know, and they'll go off on their own journey and have their own relationship and it'll improve their relationship with themselves and everybody around them and move on from relationships that aren't healthy and all of that in their own way. I can't know what that's going to be. I'm not going to stand there and tell them exactly how that must go. They will tell themselves through this inner ally. And again, this is what is happening. This is the shift that we're making instead of these outer experts, we're going to consult our inner experts that know us pretty well. Yeah, I love that. Coming back into alignment with the true power within. Yeah. This does not mean that we ignore what is happening in this outer reality, which is unique for each of us. It just means that we have an opportunity to respond to it differently and to interpret it differently and to use it as yet another tool as well. And I can't help but go back to this whole information thing. So the word itself can be broken into two. And you can see that we are in an information age. And it's in formation. It is forming. All of this stuff is far more flexible than we used to believe. And opening up our world to all of this information is giving us that opportunity to start to see that. I remember uh, when I, I still had the radio show going, I interviewed, um, I met Goswami, who is a quantum physicist, you know, and he literally wrote the book on the subject. So um, quantum mechanics, the textbook that students will get in university, you know, he wrote <laughs> that book. And I remember when I posted our interview online, I just knew this was going to happen. I'd get people saying, oh, it's all wrong. You know, there's this guy that knows better and all that. And, you know, I just <laughs> and I mean, this is like a crazy subject, really. I mean, it's lovely and inspiring for me, I, I find. But I'm never going to pretend I know all about it. I mean, you know, this is not possible. This is exponential possibilities in the universe kind of thing, right? Yeah. And all I said in response was, you know, do you think 
you know, whoever this person is, you know, maybe we should like, you know, get them together and they can discuss amongst themselves. Like, this is my expert. There's your expert. I think they're both valid. Why is it so important that we say this guy's right? And it starts to feel like football teams. I mean, <laughs> what's mm. the difference, right? So you're yeah. rooting for that guy. I'm rooting for this guy. We don't have to be on opposite teams here. This is the color I like. And I'm just sharing that with others. If you don't like it, that's fine. You know, it doesn't have to be wrong just because it's not your color. You know? mm. Isn't that interesting though? Like uh, I was um, just discovering more on beliefs, but it's almost like for somebody, I mean, it takes an incredible amount of like, I don't know if it's discipline to really hold opposing beliefs simultaneously and be able to just be open to them right that you're not mm-hmm. making yours right or wrong and you're not making the others right or wrong um <laughs> that can be like really challenging because it's almost like we we've been um taught to make other people wrong so we can hang on to our rights and we can yes. hang on to our beliefs and that i guess strengthens the the ego or really just strengthens the unmet to me wounding within of, of staying hidden and that it takes an incredible amount of courage, um, discernment, probably mental prowessness to just really be like, oh, I don't have to be right. I can actually hold these and, and they be um, able to live alongside each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that I feel like too, in today's times, that's really being asked like that level of, um, of attainment is just being able to hold opposing beliefs and not needing to defend because anytime we're in a place of defense we're um, reenacting an egoic protection mechanism yeah of of a wall really to um that's being asked to shift and change and actually come down you know for us to expand into deeper levels of joy and love and so i find whenever i come to a place because because love love needs no defense and so when we come from a place of defenselessness most people are like well but then i'm vulnerable but really when you actually anchor into vulnerability you become invulnerable because you become to be super strong and aligned within yourself so it's 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 like a fortress but with no walls right it's learning how to take the walls down to live in a world that is going to ask us really to strip down to our core to live from a really open-hearted loving way you know you squeeze an orange and you get orange juice well right now you're squeezing people and you're and you you see the fear and the shame and the judgment that's coming out because it's being asked to like what you're talking about before to be detoxed and so often things look worse before they get better but it's just continuing that like coming back to love love needs no defense holding people in the space that they're they're hurt and a lot of people are running around continuing that um, hurting other people because they're hurt and they're they're reacting from fear and so yeah. I just really come back to the perspective of like we're both mothers and if our children were doing that we would just hold really loving space for them and being like you know you're you're allowed you're okay to be afraid and I remind people a lot because I don't feel like many adults have told children that they're allowed to be afraid we're we're wired we're biologically wired for fear you know, it's a, it's a part of the human experience and mm-hmm. honoring it doesn't make it wrong. 
but and as soon as we hold space for it we can like actually flip the switch so that we can move into the gentleness the gracefulness the kindness and the love which needs no defense yeah usually when that happens i find that you know it's like it's okay to admit how you feel because it, we otherwise we're just running and mm -hmm. and allowing them to, to dictate to us but when you really you know admit it and then usually i find that it just it needs to be talked out cried out one of those things or another and then all the power that it had over us just deflates completely and allows us to return to that place of love. And I wanted to respond to what you were saying about, about how powerful that state of love is and, and, and vulnerability and all of those things. I think that we start to just see that it means something different. It doesn't mean, hey, walk all over me. It means I don't fear anybody doing that because it's just not going to happen anymore. And I, I, have, I am in a state of love and, and it doesn't happen. It's about our agreements, too, and our definitions. So I think early on, I got the impression that love meant all of those things, walk all over me, all that stuff, you know, like let people, you know, do those things. And it, it absolutely does not, you know. <laughs> it took years of work and, and understanding to to really get what that meant and, and how that really played out in my life. I'm in a much healthier state with people who used to do those things, even though they're not all of them in my life, because I no longer had that secret agreement, you know, <laughs> which we do have sometimes these really unhealthy underlying agreements. I'll let you do this. And this will mean that I love you. And, and, you know, it's like a little horrible mathematical um, problem that's solved in the wrong way, you know, <laughs> that's created by us. And then you just rub that out and you create a much, much better symbol of, of what you believe love is to you, of what allows you to be at home in that home state, that perfectly love, self-loving, healthy state. And then let the chips fall where they may, because there's always an invitation in that for a person to be in their own space like that, healthy with you. And if they're not ready, then that's fine too. Nothing can be forced like that. But being in that position is the strongest position possible. It's much, much better than the defensive stuff that we've learned for so long, you know, as associated with strength. Yeah, it can't be forced, you know, love doesn't rush and love doesn't force. And so if it's an energy that's forceful and fearful, it's not loving. And so if it's not loving, then is it the highest and best good for me or those around me? I often even see this in the plant medicine community with people, you know, serving different medicines, like it, it there can be this forceful energy. And it's like, that doesn't feel loving to me. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that maybe that is loving for some people, but I don't feel like love forces and love doesn't rush, whatever mm -hmm. it is in our lives. Yeah. It's funny because it, this is, again, with the unschooling and the whole <laughs> wave of growth that that brought to my life, it brought up these things like parents traditionally have forced kids to do things and not others. And mm -hmm. instead, I have to talk it out with them and explain and, and get his input and, you know, not force things, but allow him to understand, you know, the reasons for me asking him to do certain things and and the benefits for him and all of these things. Like these are respectful ways of being. These are loving ways of being. And he grows so much more because of it. If I just said, you, you have no choice and you just have to do this. This does not inspire in him curiosity, understanding, personal responsibility. None of those things happen. 
I love that. Yeah. If we all could do that more for ourselves and for the children, for any of the parents listening, you know, just having those thoughtful, loving, considerate conversations with each other. Yeah. Like there are times that I am so radically honest with them. <laughs> That's another thing. Like we've kept things from kids and if we, if we don't want to be treated like this as adults, you know, this is where it begins, right. With our mm-hmm. kids. So, I have had to at times saying, look, you know, I'm doing this because I feel that it's expedient right now. <laughs> you know, later we can work out all the, the where's and why's, but you know, this is what life's throwing at us right now. So are you okay with just doing this for now? And we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a better plan, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, this is the way it has to be sometimes. And, and, and he's so good because he knows that he has agency. He knows that, you know, he's involved in the decision around doing whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of love, uh, getting back to that, that, you know, this was a big question for me at the beginning when I came into medicines from a place of all kinds of like tumult in my life. So many of us are right. And, um, you know, I asked about darkness in the world and she responded by saying, yes, there's darkness in the world, but love is the most powerful thing that there is. And so if we respond to all of these things, you know, with love, that's when the magic happens. And that's when we see what's possible. And if we can't, then those are the areas that we work on. Those, those are telling us if we can't respond in these good ways that we know and love and, and, and want, then that's the work that we're doing. Yeah, that was beautiful. Wonderful. And now we're kind of running out of time. So how about you share with the audience um, ways to get in touch with you, um, the work that you do? Yeah, they can find me at Angela Bank. That's uh, dot com. My website is um, really a little bit old. So a lot of people are like, I don't know if you do this work. I do a lot of shamanic healing work, uh, womb work and mother wound work with women currently with a lot of my one-on-one clients. I also am serving combo out West. Okay. Lots of great work that you do. And yeah, just visit the website and get in touch if you're interested in working with Angela. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Please visit RebeccaHayden.com for more ayahuasca integration content and for information about working with me and using hypnosis as an empowering integration tool.